Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Sailing Doodles podcast. I'd like to introduce you to someone here. This is my brother, well, my mom's dog, uh, Murphy. So if you're just listening, he is a, oh, he's like 12 or 13 weeks old, 14 weeks old, something like that. He's a cockapoo. He is absolutely adorable, but he's a little terror already. Um, so that's why I'm up so early. Uh, had to uh, take him outside. Anyway, so I thought I'd uh, throw down a podcast uh, for you guys. And ow! And uh, he's a little biter. That sharp little puppy teeth. But he's a pretty sweet little pup. So uh, makes me want to get another dog again. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, that's always been the problem of why I haven't gotten more dogs is that... Uh, uh, you know, eventually I'm going to go back across the South Pacific and it's just really hard to do. Like, uh, you know, there's so many places that don't allow you to bring dogs in and stuff like that. So we'll see how it goes. But I mean, honestly, I mean, he's what, 10 pounds right now. He's supposed to get to maybe 15 pounds or something. I mean, this would be a pretty manageable dog. You can put him on an airplane. That's always been my thing is that like, okay, if I get somewhere and I want to go home for a few weeks, how do I get him or the dog or dog's uh, you know, you can't just leave them on the boat, but a dog this size, you know, maybe, I don't I mean, I've always been a fan of bigger dogs, but he's not bad. So anyway, but okay. So here is, uh, what I do with a lot of these, uh, podcasts is that I answer, um, questions from our patrons and channel members. And so that's what I'm going to do. I, I made a post the other day on Patreon and to, uh, the, uh, channel members and uh, I'm going to answer all the questions they have. Let's see here. I'll start with, uh, let's see here. Well, all right, we'll start with this one. All right, uh, Pat asks, he is a patron since, uh, let's see, where is that? Uh, October of this year. So thanks, Pat. Um, is there any update on Stephanie? How is she doing? Uh, I Last I talked to her was a few months ago. I know she's back in New York going to school, so I don't really know much more than that. Oh, also, I wanted to point out, um, I'm trying out a new camera here. This is the uh, Pocket uh, DJI Osmo Pocket 3. Um, so, so far, I'm really impressed with it. I'm not sure how it works, uh, how, how well it'll, this will end up coming out. Uh, but I'm, I've been impressed by how well it does in low light and the quality of the image and all that. And I think it's just going to be another tool to make editing and, uh, not editing, but filming that much easier. So, I'm really looking forward to that. So, um all right, Glenn Goodall, uh, that would be a member since March of 22. I know that's not y'all's real name, but uh, a very cheeky question. Are you, are you, Bobby, in a relationship with a very beautiful Amanda? Uh, if it's personal, I understand. If you decline the answer, after all, it's personal. We all just want to know, want you to be happy. Well, thank you. Yeah, we are dating. So, yes, we are. Um, and then Robert Savage, a member since September. Uh, were you, you were spending time in Puerto Rico. Do you still maintain a business there? No. I never did maintain a business there. I thought about doing the, uh, well, they have the tax incentives, right, um, to move down there. But it just wasn't worth it. Uh, there's so many stipulations that you have to do that really, uh, you have to be making a lot of money before it's worth it because you have to pay a bunch of fees and stuff like that. Uh, and then you have to actually live in Puerto Rico five to six months a year, depending. Uh, so they give you six months a year if you don't, but they give you credit for a month if you live, if you're outside of the U.S., which wouldn't be a problem. So I would have to be in Puerto Rico five months a year, which I really don't want to do. I mean, if I'm going to be down in the Caribbean, I'd rather just be sailing around than be in the Caribbean. So I haven't done that. Cavitex uh, says, uh, remember since April of 21, 
I'm going to sail the northeast of Sardinia next summer. Any practical tips, do's and don'ts? Um, it's been so long since I've sailed there that honestly, uh, I mean, you can go back and watch those videos when we were in there. I think we were in, we weren't in Sardinia very long. We were in Corsica though. I liked, I liked Corsica a little bit better. Um, I think it was just a little bit nicer. Um, but it was pretty inexpensive. Um, I mean, you know, the food and drink and all that is really cheap. The marinas are expensive there, but yeah. Uh, I, it's been so long though, I, I can't, I can't really, I'd just be, I don't remember that much about it. But SP Rupert, a uh, member since uh, February of 20. If you were starting all over again with Sailing Doodles, what boat would you want to start out with and what would your goals be? Um, well, honestly, it's the boat you can afford, right? So the first boat I had, I paid 25000 for it. And that was about all I could afford. Um, that being said, it was a CNC 37, which, uh, I mean, it's a good boat, but it's not really a cruising boat. Uh, it's more, they call it like a cruising racer, racer cruiser, whatever. So it didn't carry enough water. It didn't carry enough fuel. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't, it was more set up to be fast than comfortable. Um, I'd rather have comfort than speed. And that's, you know, that, that's kind of been my motto. I, I don't mind not being able to do 10 knots. I'd, I'd rather be able to do six knots all day, seven knots all day, but still, you know, have a lot of comfort and all that. So that's that. But that being said, I mean, like, it's just whatever boat you can get, right? Uh, you know, I don't know what else would have been in my price range. I mean, this was 2016. So the boat prices weren't as high as they, you know, they, they exploded during COVID. They went really high. Um, I think they're coming back down now, but honestly, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, if I could have, if I could have afforded something like Naughty Dogs, that catch, that CT56 I had, I would absolutely have done that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just the boat I could afford. And so that's why I picked the CNC 37. Um, John Brookshire, uh, member since April, what kind and how many kilowatt hour battery systems for the new boat? So, um, it's going to have two battery systems. It has the drive system, which is 210 kilowatts, um, lithium. I believe that's going to be a higher voltage system. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure the exact voltage, but I think it's a pretty higher voltage and you know, that should be able to run the motors for, uh, you know, anywhere from eight to 12 hours, depending on how fast we're going. Right. You know, if you're doing, if you're going pedal to metal doing eight knots, it's not going to last that long, but if you roll it back to six knots, it'll last probably 12 hours, something like that. Um, the house bank is 25 kilowatts at 24 volts, uh, which is the equivalent of like 2000 amp hours of lead acid, but really it's the equivalent of like 4,000 because, uh, with lead acid or not lead acid, but AGMs, whatever, um, traditional batteries, uh, you know, you can't, you're not, you're not supposed to discharge the batteries more than 50%, right? 60% is better, not, not more than, they should still, you know, don't draw them down more than 40% or 60% of their capacity, whatever. Um, and that's just to maintain the life of the batteries. With lithiums, you can take them down to 10%. So if you have, you know, 2,000, so if you just do the math, right, 25 kilowatts is about the same as 2,000 amp hours which is a good deal. The most I ever had on a boat was probably around a thousand amp hours. And that was just fine, lasted oh, no problem. So uh, this equivalent of 2000 amp hours, but you can use more, you know, down to 10%. So it's more like, you know, 4,000 amp hours is the equivalent. So like, that's a lot of battery power. Plus the, uh, there's DC to DC charging between the, the, the uh, drive bank and the house bank. So I can have the 
drive bank uh, charge the house bank. And so then that basically gives me just unlimited use of the batteries. So that'll be nice. Um, I should hardly ever have to run the generator. Um, so uh, let's see here. Chad uh, Leskin, member since March of 18. Long, long time. Thank you. Um, what kind of, oh, did I just answer that question? Did I did the wrong thing? Oh, oh, no, there we go. Chad, there we go. Uh, March of 18, there you go. What was the deciding factor on B&G Electronics from the new boat? How do you feel they compared to other brands? Was there a second choice option? Um, uh, you know, I think B&G has some of the best software for sailing, for sure. Uh, and I really like their products. I've, I've used them a lot in the past. Uh, you know, I, I do not like Ray Marine. Okay, what's up? You want to go? You want down? Okay, but don't go over there and mess with the tree, okay? Or do you want to, you want to sit there or you want down? Okay, I think he's all right. Um, and then, I mean, I like Garmin too. Uh, I think Garmin's got a good product. But uh, B&G, I think, is, is uh, you know, kind of the... For, for, for sailing and all that, has some of the best software for that. Uh, Garmin does have good uh, interfaces, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, among all their products. So that's kind of a nice one, too. Uh, Chris and Christy, uh, let's see here, let's see here. Member since August of 2019. Any tips on registering a boat from a tax or liability protection point of view? I've heard many different options, like registering Delaware or putting in L LLC. Yeah, so... Um, uh, well, the thing is, if you're going to register it in Delaware, you have to have an address there. So you have to create an LLC in Delaware, which is easy to do. You can get on LegalZoom or whatever. It costs a couple hundred dollars. Um, so from a tax standpoint, yeah. Um, so, for instance, the boat I bought in Florida, uh, I'm registering in Delaware. And I already had the LLC from previous boats, so I just it's pretty easy to do. Um, and uh, I, I actually, I'm doing a Coast Guard registration on it. Um, so, uh, what I had to do is get a cruising permit because the boat's still in Florida right now. So if you buy a boat in Florida, you got to pay sales tax on it, which is, I believe 6% or it caps at like $16,000. Um, so if you want to avoid that, you, you know, you can't register it in what, like there's some like Delaware, for instance, doesn't charge sales tax on boats. So that's why a lot of people register their boats in Delaware. Um, and then, but you have to have some kind of physical presence there, which would be your LLC. So there's that. Uh, now, if you're going to like, say if I want to register in, in, in Florida, I would have to pay tax on it. But so since my boat is still in Florida, I have to actually have to get a cruising permit, which I got a 90 day cruising permit um, in Florida, which means that I can be in Florida for 90 days. I had to pay a couple hundred dollars for the permit. Uh, but I have to be out of Florida within 90 days, which I am. I'm leaving in a few days from Florida over to the Bahamas. So, uh, you know, that's not a big deal. But, yeah, most 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 states, it's a state thing, unless you're bringing it in from out, outside the U.S., um, then that'd be a different story. Uh, where, uh, yeah, you have to pay tax or you have to leave the, or, or you have to leave within 90 days. So, all right. Daryl Han, uh, member since October of 20. Thank you. All right. Do you want down? Is that what you want? Just don't go after the Christmas tree over there. He's going to tear stuff up. I already had to take him out this morning. Um, I appreciate all you do. Your channel inspired me to get into sailing, like sailing only so far. I've gotten my ASA 104. Nice. That's, uh, I believe that's a captain's uh, bareboat certificate there, um, equivalent there. 
when you do eventually get your boat, are you going to be are you going to do patrons on your boat as you cross the Pacific? Yeah, I was thinking about um, that. Uh, we may need to like offset some costs on the boat because like it's a pretty expensive boat, and so we're thinking about uh, doing something like that. Like people could lease out a cabin for a little while while we sail around or something like that. So I'll do something like that for sure. And then during the flotillas, I'll also you know invite a patron or two on the on the boat to to stay with us. So for sure, like we already do with the other. Uh, Flotillas. So, yes. All right, Jorge. Uh, what's up, man? A member since May of 22. Uh, has Amanda given you any advice on film production? She seems to be quite experienced. As far, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, ideas for titles and thumbnails and stuff like that. And then she's pretty good with filming and everything. And then, um, but she's really good about is, like, contacting people for, you know, collaborations and things like that. So it's been nice having her do all that, a lot of that stuff. We're just kind of taking some of the load off, which is really good. But yeah, she's experienced with all the film stuff. Um, let's see here. Maxime, uh, member since September of 18. Hey, Captain Bobby, I'm curious to know how many drones uh, do you possess and what was your gnarliest flight experience? Did you ever crash one? Are there areas in the BBI or anywhere else where you can't fly at all? Have you ever tried FPV drones? Oh, and since Christmas approaching, what was your favorite gift you received when you were a kid? Cheers from Montreal. Uh, gosh, yeah, I've um, had a lot of drones over the years. My first one was a unique Q400 or 800 or whatever it was. I don't know. It was okay, but, I mean, wasn't as good as the DJI stuff, but it was cheaper. And then the next one, what? I got a Phantom. I've had a couple Phantom 4s. Uh... And then I've had a Mavic 1 and a Mavic 2 and now a Mavic 3. And then my mo and I've had a, a oh, man, I, it was another DJI one. It was a, one of the one before the Mini. I, I forget what it was called, but I had whatever was the small one before the Mini. Then I've had a, a, a Mini 1, and now I have a Mini Pro 3. And I use the Mini Pro 3 a lot. Uh, it's, I mean, it can fly for 30 minutes. It's fast. It's small. It has a good camera, all that. Uh, that being said, the Mavic 3 does have a, a little bit better camera, but just for the ease of use, that Mini Mini Pro 3 is pretty great. That's what I'm currently using um, for most of my stuff. Although, actually, the stuff in the the videos, I haven't, it hasn't been in the videos yet. So the stuff that you're seeing, the videos that came from Thailand, that was all filmed with my Mavic 3, which I really like. It's just, um, I will say, I think, I, do, I still have my Mav, my Phantom 4, when we're sailing and underway, that's probably going to be the one you're going to see a lot when I get back on, on my new boat full time because it has the big landing gear and it's easy to catch. Because uh, catching the Mavic 3 in the Mini Air is, you know, I've, I've nicked my fingers a few times with that because uh, you basically got to grab it right by the base of the thing, whereas the Mavic, the Phantom 4 has landing gear. Have I crashed any? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the unique, uh, it lost. It got interference with the signal, and like I basically had no control over it. Luckily, it crashed into our own boat. I don't know how that happened. Uh, and I think there was a little bit of damage, but I was, uh, no, I was, it was yeah, I never got that repaired. Uh, and then I have crashed a Phantom Four once, but nothing happened to it. Just kind of caught a went, went too close to our boat and caught a, a shroud, and it just hooked on itself and came down. It didn't really do any damage. I think I had to replace a blade. No big deal. And then, um, what else? Uh, the uh, the one though I couldn't remember the name of it. The one that's before the mini, 
um, the version before the mini. Yeah, it was doing the follow me mode, and then it was supposed to do obstacle avoidance, and it didn't obstacle avoid a tree and ran and crashed right into it, and it stopped working. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I actually have to turn the um, collision avoidance off on my drones if I'm flying it from the boat, which I just leave them off all the time. Anyway, I just have to be very aware of where I'm flying because, uh, well, I mean, if you want to catch it, you have to turn the obstacle avoidance off because uh, otherwise it won't let you catch it. So that's why. Uh, favorite gift as a kid? I don't know. I did get a, uh, I got a sunfish when I was like in fifth grade. That's when I first started sailing. Well, I mean, did I sailing? I think I was probably already sailing in, in the Boy Scouts, but yeah. All right, Randall Whipple. I remember since June of 22, uh, what do you like better about uh, about the Exumas over the Abacos or vice versa? They're pretty different. Um, so the Exumas are much more sparsely populated, so there's not nearly as many people there. Um, but it does have prettier water and prettier beaches, in my opinion. Um, and uh, But the Abacos are nice because it's protected generally kind of like 360 because it's got like you're inside a big lagoon, basically. Uh, so it's, it's, it can be protected from all sides. Um, whereas, uh, it's not that big a deal. Like on the Exumas, like if the wind's out of the east, you stay on the west side of the islands. If it's out of the west, you stay on the east side. Um, but there's not as many anchorages on the east side. So you gotta, you gotta kind of plan ahead. Uh, you know, so it depends on what you want. Uh, and the, in the Abacos, there, there's so many more restaurants, so many more things to do, honestly. So in the Exumas though, like I said, it's prettier water, and there are some more unique places to go see, but you're kind of on your own most of the time because there's not many restaurants. You kind of have to do a lot of your own cooking. And then there are some pretty nice restaurants there, but they're pretty sparsely just spread out. So, yeah. Whereas I, I think the Abacos are more compact. There's a lot more things in a smaller area. And, it, you know, if you want to charter from there, you can. It's a lot easier because, uh, uh, it, you know, there is a charter base there. In the Exumas, I mean, there might be a couple charter boats out of Georgetown, but most of the people that go to the Exumas, they actually get a boat in Nassau. And it's only 25 or 30 miles from Nassau to the Exumas. But, you know, you got to make, you know, that's the problem is that if the wind's strong out of the east, that's not really a trip you want to make. So it can kind of suck, uh, it, you know, if the weather's not good. Whereas if you want to just charter in the Abacos, like I said, it's protected all the way around. So if the wind's strong out of the east, you're still okay. Uh, so there's the pluses and minuses there. Uh, that being said, um, did, oh my gosh, the dog pooped. I took you out this morning. Hey, get, don't, don't eat your poop, you big dummy. All right, well, there you go. Uh, come here. I'm not mad at you. You just can't poop in here, okay? Well, there you go. He's a puppy. What can you do? Uh, anyway, sorry about the interruption there. Where was I? Uh, so, you know, if you're just going to go charter and all that, I mean, the Abacos are not bad. Uh, but if you're going to go spend a month somewhere, probably the Exumas, you know, something like that. All right. Uh, David Haney. Um, remember since September of 22, it's been an absolute pleasure to watch all of your channels and a privilege to support you. Thanks so much. I have two questions, more boorious business oriented. First thing you discuss or disclose the current revenue level from each revenue source, sailing doodles, glamping doodles, flying doodles, between YouTube, Patreon, YouTube memberships, and endorsement deals. Um, and so, um, well, with flying doodles, I have uh, Dakota running that now. So uh, we just do a, a percentage share. So she gets a percent and I get a percent um, for 
you know, for that. Uh, I'm not going to get into specific, like, uh, revenue, uh, like how much or whatever, but it, it ends up being about, you know, I'd say, eh, probably 40% uh, from YouTube revenue, 40% from Patreon, and maybe maybe 20% from uh, endorsement deals, uh, something like that is the split. It used to be a lot higher on the YouTube end, uh, like during COVID and all that, but I think the ad rates were a lot higher then, plus then the views were up then. So um, yeah, that's kind of the split. The splits there. Um, and then, yeah, glamping doodles is not earning really, I mean, much at all. Uh, number one, I, I don't, I'm not pretty regularly posting to it. I mean, it might pay for the fuel in the RV, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do that one more just because I kind of like doing it. Um, and yeah, it kind of makes it easier to, for a tax write-off. Um, second, what uh, do you hope the whole revenue stream will be if you keep up the pace in five years? Well, in five years, uh, I mean, I would love to have all the channels kind of run by somebody else. Uh, and then, you know, I can kick back and do nothing and still have income coming in. Uh, I think, you know, it's hard to say who knows what the future is going to be. AI is going to be a big game changer. Uh, eventually, um, you know, content creation with AI and all that will be very disruptive to the, to the current. I mean, the, the computing power is not there yet. I mean, like, they can probably have a, I think they've even had some AI generated, you know, video clips and maybe stuff like that, but it takes a lot of computing power to do that. That's not open to the, to the, uh, to the general public yet to have to that kind of computing process or power to like basically make a sailing doodles video from scratch with AI. Eventually that will happen. And that's going to be very disruptive because when it becomes pretty easy to make those, like, they're just going to be cranking out artificial videos all the time and just flood the market with them. And then I don't know how sustainable like being a content creator will be anymore. I mean, like if there's already, I don't remember, but it's a pretty staggering number of minutes of, uh, of footage uploaded to YouTube every day, every hour, every minute. It's like years worth of content put up every minute. It's, it's, it's pretty, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's a lot. And so, you know, and that's from people, sitting down and with a camera and creating their own videos and, and, you know, maybe planning a script out or going out on location and filming all that. But when AI can generate that in an instant and, you know, flood it with a hundred times that much content, I mean, you're just going to be lost in the shuffle. And I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, it could be 10 years, something like that, but that's going to be pretty dis disruptive to the scene. So I really don't know. Uh, we'll see, obviously, I mean, you have to evolve and adapt as you go, right? So we'll see how it goes. That's a good, good question though, because I, mean, I have no idea. Um, uh, so we'll see. All right, Chris Trusty, uh, do you have a member since uh, July of 20? Thank you. Do you have any celebrity fans of the show that you are aware of? Um, I, the only one I can think of would be Matt Roloff. Um, he, he's the dad on, um, was it? Little Family, Big World, or Big World, Little little Family, something like that. Um, uh, he emailed me one time and, and said he loved the show. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's any other celebrities that watch Sailing Doodles. We'll see. If you are a celebrity watching Sailing Doodles, come on, let's do a collaboration. Let's do it. Uh, Chris Barnes, member since uh, October of 18. Wow, nice long one. Uh, can you design boat stuff or boat things? That's just things that... 
uh, like we don't really want in the video, you know. So uh, we kind of keep it pretty vague. So that's when we, right, you might hear us say something. Like we're going to do boat things. And he's like, we're going to do stuff we don't want to hear, you know, It'd be on video. Uh, Aaron Bradley, have you ever thought about, and I remember since December of 22, have you ever thought about doing America's Great Loop? That Sea Ray would be a good boat for it. Um, I mean, yeah, but no. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think that would do very well on the video, honestly. Um, so that's why I've never really thought about it. I mean, it'd be interesting to do, but I don't think, honestly, I just don't think it would do well on video. And so that's why we haven't done it. Schmoops Adventures, that's Jen and Eric. Uh, does the new boat, and remember since uh, December 20, does the new boat have diesel redundancy? If there's a major electrical system failure, can you turn the boat on and run diesel engine alone? Is there only one or one in each hull? So it has a diesel generator that can power the electric motors. So yeah, um, it can run on diesel. Plus it's got wind, right? Um, so, uh, you know, and then it'll be able to run as long as you got fuel. I don't remember how many, how many gallons of fuel. I think it's something like a hundred gallons or something like that. So generator is probably going to be uh, a gallon, maybe a gallon and a half. I'm not sure how, exactly how much fuel I'd have to look. I don't remember offhand, but I think it was the, I think we were able to run for like 70 something hours on the, on the generator. So, you know, three full days uh, on, on the, uh, on the generator. Um, Daryl again uh, says, maybe I missed you answering this question before. Your new boat will be electric. Are you concerned at all about lightning strikes? Uh, the electric equipment I saw several boats struggle with this um, and after their electronics were fried. Uh, yes, so I am having, I can't remember the name of the system. They're gonna be a sponsor. It's a, it's a, a, a electrical, um, I, it, they say it's not a Faraday cage, uh, but it's something else. I don't really know how it, uh, like, I, okay, so it's a system that grounds the boat. So it goes, it kind of makes like a, a metal cage around the boat. So it's got, um, I think it actually uses the, you know, the, the stays and it creates kind of like a shroud around the boat. So it's got a thing up there. So it, it, it sends all the, if lightning were to strike, it sends it through those, like the spreaders and all that, which attach to certain points on the hull, which then are grounded into the water through certain other things. It's like a proprietary thing. I'm not exactly sure at all how it works, but I'm sure I will eventually when they install it. But yeah, that's going to be a thing. They're putting that on a lot of the, uh, like sun reefs and stuff like that, uh, for, uh, you know, cause I've seen some boats just get fried electrical and then it's just, it's done. I mean, you got to replace all the wiring in there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I, I can't remember the name of the system right now, but, uh, they, uh, um, want to put that on my boat and then that should help protect it. And any, any boat that they put that system on, I believe has not been hit by lightning. It's not a, and I think it's more of a, uh, it's not like a, a guide. I, okay. Maybe I misspoke on that. I don't think it like takes the lightning bolt and like, uh, redirects the, the, the force, the electrical force through that, through everything to the water. I think what it does is it, it grounds the boat or whatever so that it's electrically neutral. So it's not a big, you know, target for electricity. So I think it's a lot less likely to get struck by lightning in the first place. I think that's how it works. I could be wrong on that. Um, what did, what are you crying about? I'm going to go down on the ground so you can poop again. I nearly let you out this morning. 
and he peed and pooped. I was great. I was like, hey, good boy. And then he comes here and does it again. Just don't pee on anything, okay? Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Stick. So, remember since July of 19? Hey, Bobby, saw you uh, enjoying your stogie. Was that a Cuban? What's your go-to? How do you keep them on the boat? Special sea humidifier. Uh no, uh, so it was a My Father cigar, which uh, it's kind of my go-to brand. I like them. They're, they, they have a bunch. They're they're pretty good quality. Um, I want to say Nicaragua is where they're from, but they could be uh, they could be Dominican. I'm not sure, but they're good quality. And I just normally buy a box at a time, so you know you get the wooden box, and I just and they they're individually wrapped in plastic tills. So I uh, I really just kind of um, that's yeah. I mean. Okay, if I was going to keep them for you know years at a time or something or a long time, maybe they would maybe need a proper humidifier, but I haven't worried about it. Um, all right, Tim Taylor, uh, member, a brand new member. Thank you for joining. Uh, hi from Fort Worth, been watching since day one with keen interest. Although you, our reasons are different, I too left a corporate job uh, to begin another adventure. It can be a leap of faith and and hard work to make something like this successful. And I'm curious to see which is the future direction of the channel and other endeavors. I appreciate all the work uh, that you do behind the scenes bringing great content. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Thanks for becoming a patron. And uh, good luck to you with your new uh, adventure as well. Um, all right. Uh, Stefan, member since April of 22. Do you have a name for the new boat? Yeah, I'm going to name it Maverick after Maverick and Goose, my dogs. And then, unfortunately, Goose gets second billing. He'll be the, we'll, we'll name the Dingy Goose. So, anyway. No, sorry, Matt. Or sorry, Goose. Uh, okay, Glenn Goodall again. Dakota often referred to both things with laughter. Yeah, we kind of got into that already. So, all right. Danny Err. Uh, hey, Bobby, you mentioned in passing your desire to retire in Thailand around 8 by 50. Uh, ever think about doing a series while you wait on the boat to be finished where you retire for a month in different countries? Well, and then do the... Uh, show and actual costs and potential pros and cons might be, you know, maybe that's something I do. Hey, quick tune on the carpet. Maybe that's something I do later on, uh, like post sailing doodles. I don't know, but no, I haven't thought about doing that. I don't really have time to do all that right now. We're so busy. We have so much travel coming up. We're all over the place. So don't really, uh, yeah, don't really have time for that right now. Uh, quit it, quit chewing on the carpet. Uh, Jason Colbreth, member since, uh, November of 20. What clip-on mic do you use best? I see that you've been using uh, a new or at least new-to-me camera on the pile, and I was wondering uh, which one it was and how do you rate it. Well, like I said, this is the brand-new Osmo 3 and the DJI Mic 2. I also have the DJI Mic system, which is uh, very similar to this, uh, that can plug into another camera. Uh, I, they work great. Um, it's just the ease of use. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Um, so the DJI stuff is what I've been doing. I have had the uh, Rode mic system in the past, uh, but you know, uh, the DJI mic stuff, the carry case is automatically charges things that automatically connects. It's really great. That's what I've been using. So I like it a lot. Quit chewing on the carpet. Hey, uh, come here. Come here. All right. Sorry. Let me pick him back up. He normally doesn't get to stay in this area because uh, the, the Christmas tree is over here. And so he's blocked off, but because I wanted him in here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Last question here. Um, Jeff Temburin, uh, member since uh, May of 21. 
Do you have itinerary for the BBI yet? We've had a trip planned there for a while, and it happens to be when the flotillas go. We'd love to meet you guys, and yeah, uh, buy a drink. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think the fit, no, sorry, the 29th, we get on the boats, and we'll go straight to Norman Island and to, like, Willie T's there, and people can either do Willie T's for dinner or head over to uh, the Pirate's Bite for dinner there or just eat on the boat. I think we're going to plan to eat on the boat and then maybe do happy hour or drinks later at Willie T's. And then the next day, get up and go snorkel at the Indians and then head over to Cooper Island and then do Cooper Island for dinner. And then the next day, get up and head to the baths at Virgin Gorda, do that for lunch area, and then uh, you know over to either Saber Rock or the Bitter End Yacht Club for dinner. Probably the Bitter End Yacht Club because we did Saber Rock last time. And then from there, weather permitting, go to Anagata um, and do dinner there. It's about a 25-mile run, something like that, so that'll be an all-day sail. And then uh, spend the night there, and then from there back down to probably Cane Garden Bay. Uh, and you know, there's a bunch of beach restaurants, and there's a nice beach to hang out on, and then go to dinner somewhere there. Uh, and then uh, after that, you'll spend Dyke, head over to you know White Bay for the day in front of Soggy Dollar, and then move over to Great Harbor that evening uh, for dinner at Foxy's. And then I believe that is the last night at that point and uh, go down, back down to Norman Island, do dinner, dinner at the Pirate's Bite, uh, and, or maybe we go over to Peter Island instead, if some people would like to do that. And then uh, you got to be back at the marina the next day. So that's kind of the uh, schedule. All right, guys. Uh, well, it's been a good time chatting with you guys. Hopefully Murphy's uh, not been too distracting for you, but he's a really, really sweet boy. Slept with me last night. He's good. Except he pooped this morning, didn't you? Yeah, but I already walked you, wouldn't you? Anyway. All right, guys. Thanks so much for watching. Please click that like and subscribe button. And if you would like your questions answered and the next podcast, uh, become a patron or a channel member. And uh, you know what? We'll uh, answer your questions on the next one. So, all right, guys. You have a good one. And we'll see you in the next video.